0: talking movies old ones and modern maybe one day we'll do a series on Harry fucking Potter probably not cause that'd be dumb so listen to us in the shower or in your car if it sounds like we're having fun cause we're on drugs no it's cause we are now is time Song. John and I did a series on Akira Kurosawa. Kurosawa, 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 Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah Kurosawa, a, a, Kurosawa, a, a, Kurosawa, intermittently now. For uh, uh, the foreseeable future,
1: uh, we are going to be doing some episodes uh, revisiting some past favorites, or just. Or not even, you know, favorites per se, but uh, movies that Luke and I have been wanting to rewatch. Uh,
0: we're, we're irking to rewatch them,
1: yes, because I think we we both strive to watch as many, you know, new movies, yeah, just ones we haven't seen before, uh, a lot. So, yeah, it'll be it's good to also motivate us to go and revisit some that we haven't seen in a while. So, yeah, we're going to be yeah. doing that. Um that coming up and for this one, Luke suggested uh Inglorious Bastards. So yeah, that's
0: that's what we're doing that's, for this episode. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah, I'm really excited about doing this because honestly, like uh rewatching uh movies <laughs> is one of my favorite things. <laughs> and I don't think I don't think we do it uh often we don't base episodes around rewatches necessarily yeah. uh, as much unless they're say relevant to i don't know an idea or a topic or to- um something that we thought of already um yeah like i i like the feeling of uh um of watching new movies a lot like the you know the uh, feeling of accomplishment, you know, crossing another one off the list. But I think as terms of like overall experience, like rewatching movies that, um, that felt like they were, uh, like I, they needed to be rewatched for me mm-hmm. is usually just ultimately I get just so much more out of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I almost feel like, uh, Like I'm spoiling myself as I do it, and I think that's why I like don't do it enough.
1: Yeah, right, right. I feel like there is that extra dopamine uh, high. Yeah, oh, for sure, it's that I get from it's it's being able to
0: like retread the plot and the story and every all the everything you've seen before and like really like watch it even more. You know, watch it at a at a deeper level, and so uh, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And watching some for the first time, like say on, uh, like criterion collection is just a totally different thing. <laughs> um, cause I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm lost during so many of those watches and I have to like think about it later. I'm like, wow, I just didn't get that last 30 minutes, but I like, I right, I'm with this again, but yeah, it's, a uh, watching a lot of new movies is a challenge. And I guess what I'm trying to say is yeah. we like to challenge ourselves usually, but, uh, we're, we're going to stop doing that for a little bit. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're going to do something for us for once, you know? But I, yeah. I do think, yeah, when you when you watch, have a lot of first watches like in a row that you almost yeah. start to forget aspects of, of the movie because you've taken in so much new information. But exactly. then when exactly. you can rewatch one, then you don't have to focus as much on on the plot or, or the narrative. You can sort of take in the, the little details that you may have missed before and maybe have a new yeah. experience, yeah. Yeah,
0: and also I think a lot of the movies we're going to pick aren't going to to rewatch aren't necessarily like easy peasy, you know, movies to watch necessarily like uh a lot of them are pretty ambitious and uh the one today specifically glorious bastards is very much uh try a film that is um or or more so a novel that is like posing as a film in a way so uh yeah i guess we're not we're not taking it easy on the cinematic in the on the cinema standpoint or anything like that or maybe or the or the prestige of the rewatches i guess that's what i'm trying to say
1: yeah for sure yeah well i guess uh yeah let's let's dive right into uh our rewatch yeah
0: actually Actually, first, like, um, I don't. I think when was when was the first time you saw *Inglorious Bastards*? The
1: first time. So I, I don't think I saw *Inglorious Bastards* in the theater. But back when this came out, uh, I mean, we were teenagers, and this was like one of the biggest movies of the year, obviously. And and I definitely remember. uh, Were we
0: sophomores in high school, John? Since it was '09. '09. Yeah, freshmen or sophomores, right. the, on that border. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah and I can I can remember uh, I can remember renting uh glorious bastards. Um, yeah, yeah. Shortly after it came out, and watching it at home, and 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 I thought it was one of the coolest things I had ever seen. Because <laughs> even at that point, <laughs> at that point, I think I would probably seen Pulp Fiction. That may have been the the only mm-hmm. other Tarantino I'd seen at that point um because i i definitely hadn't seen like kill bill or uh yeah i don't even know what else would have come up before reservoir dogs i don't think i had seen mm-hmm. that so yeah i thought it was the coolest thing ever and then i was like whoa this tarantino guy he's like the real deal <laughs> <laughs> and then i was like one day i'm gonna have a movie podcast and talk about it yeah um,
0: <laughs> maybe at least 10 15 years tops so i'll yeah. have i'll be able to do that yeah yeah right, and I and I
1: had and I had you in mind as the co-host the whole time too. Yeah, Ten years to stops.
0: We'll we'll be. I'll be able to plan that out.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you're gonna see my name and the Apple Podcast logo. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I uh, it was even once I started to see more Tarantino's, um, this was still sort of my my favorite Tarantino yeah. up until Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But uh,
0: oh, okay, so up until. Uh, last year, up until last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I would say it's my it... second favorite. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice. Oh, that's cool. So you saw it oh9 or was it oh9 or was it a later a uh, year or two later?
1: Oh nine or ten.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you saw it like right when it came out.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, in compared to me, at least. All right. Yeah, when so was the he, first time cause... you saw it? All right. Yeah. So here's here's how my journey with the film. Oh. I saw the trailer. You know, like when it, the hype was being built around it, and oh yeah, um, I didn't. You know, in, in high school, like I didn't know who Quentin Tarantino was in high school, um, and I think *Inglorious Bastards* um, for for me in high school would be a movie that I definitely wouldn't have understood if I saw it in high school. <laughs> um, but I remember when the trailer came on. I don't remember what movie I it was. I was seeing. And I, it did look like the coolest movie and yeah. to me. And, and definitely something that was just out there and not something that I had ever seen before. And also, it just looked... At, all I cared about in high school um, was if something seemed funny to me. And I just remember there's the tag of you know Brad Pitt and the trailer going, killing Nazis. And uh, that made me laugh in the theater. So I immediately was like, Hell yeah. Glorious <laughs> bastards. Not, you know, just because of that, you know, probably that one line, you know, because yeah. I thought it was funny. I was like, yeah, that looks great. You know, that's probably like, uh, you know, just like stepbrothers or, you know, Will, <laughs> Will Ferrell movies or something like that. You know, my realm was not very big uh, just with movies in general at all. So like something like this, if I had seen, it, I probably would have hated it, probably would have went really uh, very much over my head. Yeah. See, okay and, so like
1: and i and I'll, I'll say i probably most of it went over my head for yeah. sure did but it's the uh the, it's you still know, appealed to the you. things that i don't even you know I, I didn't even care about I just like part of the reason i wanted to see it so bad was just because of everyone talking about it so I was like okay well i gotta see this this thing and yeah, yeah i saw the trailer yeah. looks so cool and then mm-hmm. so like I just think, yeah, it, it's hilarious. The first scene when you meet the inglorious bastards, like I think that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, and I definitely do not comprehend all of these scenes with so much dialogue. Um, you know, Oh yeah. Bu- oh yeah. Building up the yeah. tension. That one yeah. totally
0: goes over my head, but yeah, you're, you just yeah. get bored. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think all I knew about it, other than just the fact that I thought it was probably a funny movie in some regards was, that I, it was super violent. I think that's what yeah. I heard is just, it was super violent. I was like, whoa, that sounds crazy. Yeah. And I, but I never, I don't know. I just never ended up seeing it. And so then I think I was like, I'm, I'm like 19 years old. I'm like just getting into movies. Um, I'm going down the, uh, you know, most typical track of like seeing movies, you know, you can mm-hmm. go like I had just seen, um, like I had, I'm like watching Pulp Fiction for the first time and I'm like, holy shit, like what, what is this? And, you know, i be, you know, then you see Shawshank Redemption uh, at the same around. I saw that around the same time. I saw Goodfellas around the same time, basically doing the IMDb uh, 250. Christopher uh, Nolan,
1: like Memento. Oh yeah,
0: I'm obsessed Christine. with Christopher Nolan at yes. the time. Yeah, I'm obsessed with Nolan. Um <laughs> um and but like quentin tarantino like when i was i think like 19 through 22 was just like a, like a god to me like the way i kind of like look at like you like on this podcast the way i've like talked and raved about like um and just you know, really owned up to really liking Paul Thomas Anderson was how I was at the time about Quentin Tarantino. Like I, mm-hmm. cause I didn't really know anything else. So I got to film school and I was like, "My," oh, they asked what you like, they ask what you like in film school. I straight up was like, did not realize how typical of thing or ridiculous <laughs> of a thing this is to say in film school. I was like, I love Quentin Tarantino movies. <laughs> yeah. I, I was probably the only guy in my class who said that. Um, So anyways, along, somewhere along that track, I don't remember when it was, like, I I think probably around 1920 is when I first saw Inglourious Bastards. Um, And all I knew was, like, the Tarantino um, conventions, basically, that were Mm -hmm. being employed. Although, for me, it just felt like uh, the dialogue scenes just felt, like, much, like, longer. And the fact that I had to read at the time Probably turned me off the film a little more mm-hmm. on the first watch, um, and probably not getting it, but I definitely was like, I like it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I've probably seen it, I think I probably rewatched it one more time since then. And this maybe might my like, I just watched it again today. This might have been uh, watch rewatch three or four, um. And so I think I finally got it on like either rewatch two or three um, or, mm-hmm. or like it really like I was able to like um, appreciate it um, more. And I just I think that's in a way because I think this is one of the more uh, inaccessible Tarantino movies, maybe in like a good way in the fact that it uh, it's a lot about like things like language and um, mm-hmm language as in like, like a lot of the people talk like they're in a book um, pretty much like how people talk in novels and stuff like that. And also mm-hmm. language on the other hand, on how uh, just l- like literal, on a more literal sense, like between uh, dialects, like between German and uh, French and English and all that stuff. And so I think, yeah, like basically what I'm saying is that those types of concepts probably just went way over my head and for probably way too much for me to appreciate at the time. Um, and it's probably why it just took me longer to, uh, uh, to like this film a lot in comparison to other Tarantino movies, which may have, uh, I've maybe have like really connected with immediately.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like what you said about, uh, like 19 to 22, or whatever being obsessed with Tarantino, I, I feel like that's a very accurate stereotype of yeah. straight white men. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, during that age, there's always like the stereotypical joke of like uh, a, a dude moves into college and puts up his um, yeah. War dogs yeah. poster on the wall. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely seems like it's like a growing period of, uh, of Tarantino. Yeah. For me, I I was always, I've always been really uh, interested in like, uh, it's just like German history. Um, yeah. Because when I was in high school, I got really into like my heritage and everything, and so anything, any World War II movie, I was like totally in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and this was just another one that I that I really thought it was thought it was cool, and uh, thought it was this cool, uh, you know, fictional story um, from from this time. But yeah, I really didn't comprehend everything going on and appreciate it until yeah probably seeing it rewatching it again uh you know 3 or 4 years ago um but yeah yeah yeah
0: i would say the same like 2 mm-hmm. to 3 years ago i was like really watching it and being like oh yeah this is uh like that type of little things that's why this movie's great you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah cuz it, it's a weird i think it's a weird film uh because it uh It goes on for a while, like dialogue scenes go on for so long, and plus, uh, Quentin Tarantino is very much, um, you know, doing a fictionalized version like of of history and taking ownership over it in his own way. So I think it's uh, maybe weird for an audience to uh, comprehend on a first watch, maybe. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, When we're used to watching like history movies, like uh saving like spielbergian history movies which are Mm -hmm. more so you know try to be very true to it uh yeah
1: yeah yeah but uh i for for me while, while this is a really long movie just like once upon a time in hollywood it feels shorter than some of tarantino's other uh other movies but, uh, yeah,
0: I, I didn't yeah. feel like my, my two and a half hours dragged that hard. Like mm-hmm. I think how many chapters are in this movie? Is it like four or five? Uh,
1: yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, I felt yeah. like I felt like they were going by uh, just I don't know, quick quicker than I thought they were. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I guess we should we'll start then with uh, chapter one. I don't, I'm not, I don't know if we're going to, if we're going to be able to be like, all right, now it's a chapter two. I don't think I'm going to be able to remember the, his, uh, his structure that well. Um, I think chapter one is like definitely. I don't know, maybe the most famous scene or remembered scene from this movie or talked about, um, or maybe what Christoph Waltz at least gets his most recognition for?
1: Yeah, i i would I would say it's it's close with another one, which we'll get to very soon. Yeah, because one's I, Yeah, but I think Chapter One does a great job as when you're seeing seeing it now, as opposed to in high school, uh, where you see like you know it does a great job of setting up um, Christoph Waltz's character as this uh, just maniacal detective villain um and uh it's definitely it'll catch you off guard the first time watching it if you're not familiar with tarantino that there's a ton of dialogue yep um and yeah and now watching it knowing what it's leading up to um yeah i i'm not a i'm not a huge tarantino fan overall like i i do really like tarantino and like his movies but uh, yeah. I don't find myself rewatching them too much because I can't always get into how much get behind the talking, so much talking. But in *Inglorious Bastards*, especially the first scene, first chapter, uh, I'm totally invested in it, and I think it's yeah because of Christoph Waltz. Uh, yeah, yeah, and just like the the tension leading up to it, and then um, just pure dread once you get to uh, a certain point um too yeah but and i, th- I think... think we need to worry about spoilers
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> n- nah we don't mm-hmm. um but i yeah and i also i think it also sets up very much like a bunch of like the tone and like just what we are going to see because if yeah. like every most interactions go in from that like from this scene kind of are the same they're all just mm-hmm. uh it's he's kind of just using his dialogue to play off the tension of just violence in the period that was like probably the most violent in history in human history mm-hmm. so i think he like that setting gives him that you know that ability to do that just it, in every scene which i argue actually gets some. Um, uh, for me gets a little repetitive but it is also like the whole his whole thing in this movie so you can't you know that's just personal preference but um yeah I think this I think this first scene is super well written even though it can be arguably uh said it's said it's overwritten um I think like that uh maybe the talking can go on too long that certain people wouldn't even be able to feel the tension in it necessarily Mm -hmm. maybe that was me before um but i i I don't know this time around i felt every uh every scent of tension in that in this opening scene uh for sure specifically because um the writing and the acting is uh so good um like christoph waltz is great but even um the guy whose house it is he does a great job of just uh you know just you know you could like every time Christoph Waltz is talking to someone you could tell they have like i don't know they're very tight you know yes. like every single actor is very tight with just by his um just by his presence um yeah, yeah it's it's really cool it's really something else yeah it is it's, it, it's just that subtlety you know that that this constantly played throughout of like you know enemy you know uh, people on opposing sides you know trying to figure each other out throughout this whole movie and that's uh and the this opening scene just sets all of that up uh very well in a in a super memorable way
1: yeah right right because he is a very comical character too and and in this yeah. he he comes across as as oddly friendly in a very concerning way and then yeah 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 uh, even the you know the farmer um oh you know whatever he he does seem he seems tense but also uh calm still and yeah. there's this little there's this moment then where both of them just like have the slightest turn and uh and christoph waltz is all of a sudden just terrifying because he yeah he is getting to this guy and then the guy starts you know he starts crying yeah. and uh he can't hold it in any longer yeah he gets subtle, he gets that but... um
0: he gets that out of him like as the gradual progression of the scene it, it, that yeah. moment especially hits very hard yeah they're definitely both playing their own a uh, little game and definitely what you said about uh about common like christoph waltz really this like character is just way too smart yeah for his own good <laughs> yeah. um and he definitely just knows how to handle the situ, the just these tense situations by keeping it calm, but also just being very like, like understanding circumstances of the other person and knowing like, you know, like the position they're in and just how to get what he wants out of them. And that's just, yeah, that's just what he does uh, in this scene where, um, I think he asks for a second glass of milk. Uh, then he, then he, he, while that, while the Frenchman is smoking his pipe, he pulls out his pipe, takes a bunch of puffs out of it and then just says, yeah, well, I could, I could, uh, I could come here, I could could search the house and then, you know, God knows what could happen to your family, or you could just point out the Jews and then we'll take, you know, we'll take them. And then, you know, your family's unharmed, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. he definitely like knows how to directly look at this guy and be like, I mean, like, come on, stop bullshitting. I'm I'm way smarter than that. I know. And he, like, he, like just, uh, his ability to come off that intelligent, uh, uh, the, I keep calling this guy the Frenchman. I don't know if he has a name, but I'll call yeah, him the Frenchman. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call him the Frenchman once more. But like he, but he's able to believe, you know, that he's telling him the truth and gets him to do something that he knows is, you know he, you know he'll probably regret inside, but is really the only thing he uh, can do in order to, you know, for, it's just the best situ, uh, the best situation for him is to basically give up the the Jews he's hiding under his floor.
1: Yeah, yeah, and everything that Christoph Waltz does, like up to that point, is very like, calculated. Yeah, um, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's so smart that he has a reason for doing everything, and he's so manipulative.
0: Yeah, and, and it's not the way I think normally, like, Nazis are depicted in film or in just the way we think of Nazis um, in general. Um, I think, like, you think we think of them more, like, as, I don't know, Schindler's List people who are just, like, mindless killers and um, yeah. insane and just, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I think this movie takes, like, a, uh, a character – like Christoph Waltz's and um, just kind of shows he's in it for like personal benefit, you know, as in like Oscar Schindler was doing, you know, all of that for me- money, you yeah. know, stuff like yeah. that. Um, so yeah, that, that is uh scene one. They, he, ber- Christoph Waltz brings in the soldiers and they shoot them all, uh, shoot all the Jews hiding on, in the, in the cellar or just under the floorboards. Uh which i think is jarring because um yeah (laughs) i mean obviously right um but i think is specifically jarring because you christoph waltz presents a very civil manner going through you know through his whole negotiation process yeah and so you think oh okay so he's probably just gonna take them away and out of their sight it's gonna be you know more calm more calm like that but then he just they just shoot through the floor of this guy's house right yeah. after that, and it's back to like, oh yeah, these guys are insane Nazis, like in, yeah. in like insanity, and it just makes you know Christoph Waltz f- feel even more insane.
1: Yeah, he's like politely evil, which is almost the worst kind of evil. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Colonel Hans Land- Landa, his name. Hans is. Landa. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, and then Shoshana. She yes. is the only one that breaks free mm-hmm. and he, he ends yep. up letting her go, whether or not he'd be able to shoot her from that distance, uh, but yeah.
0: Yeah, so, so that part I wanted to mention because I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, as um, as uh, Khan's Landa uh, sees <laughs> Shoshana run out into the field, they kind of uh, do a, I believe it's like, it's a shot very similar to um, a Leone one, like from Once Upon a Time in the West, like that, like that. The in, the interior mixed, you know, looking out oh, to the exterior. Are you thinking yep. of
1: the the Searchers?
0: Is that the Searchers?
1: That's what it reminded me of. Where it's uh, where John Wayne is like walking out of the out the door.
0: Maybe that is the Searchers. I think it's yeah. a it's a very maybe a just um a fairly used a lot western shot maybe Mm -hmm. but i felt like yeah i just saw a lot of western influence oh um, yeah uh, in that shot i was like yeah all right quentin you you western nut (laughs) yeah yeah
1: Yeah, i totally i thought of the searchers right away because the searchers, yeah with the door opening uh and it's like that same shot where it's just all like all black around the doorframe and then exactly and then there's
0: all the light and color out there in the fields yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. great shot yeah definitely um, uh
1: and, definitely tarantino dipping into his western uh his western oh yeah world. yeah
0: totally totally that's what i thought um so yeah so he lets Shoshana go and he yells i don't know john what does he yell you you, you might remember yeah you're <sighs> with your remember. german heritage <laughs> i can't remember yeah no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right never yeah, well i'll, I'll never ask all my i'll ask my nazi relatives
0: <laughs> yeah because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they chant it every morning um all right so yeah that's uh that's chapter one and i believe chapter two we get uh introduced to the inglorious bastards yeah i think it's all I right
1: i think it's called yeah bastards. it's literally
0: called inglorious yeah. bastards yeah, yeah. And so that's when Brad Pitt gives the whole, uh, the whole killing Nazis speech,
1: mm-hmm. which is like the trail, pretty much the whole trailer uh, is like. Yep, Nazi yeah, speech. that's
0: as I yeah. said before. That's what uh, glued me to the wanting to see this movie yep. back in the day.
1: Yep, and I would and say about, that this, along with uh, the first scene, are like the the most iconic ones yeah uh, yeah i just i feel like
0: Mo- most in like pop culture for yeah. sure the second scene mm-hmm. um yeah and and we also got ryan from the office in this movie <laughs> dj novak yeah yep,
1: yeah really interesting cast of uh, of characters too sort of some like random actors and there, like sam levine from freaks and geeks yep
0: Beats. yep <laughs> I- and yeah. uh, i i like that choice because I was thinking about this and I feel like other directors say like Christopher Nolan for instance they want like just as their soldiers to be like men you know like mm-hmm. beefy Tom Hardy men um but Quentin Tarantino like he wants like I think like an interesting even maybe even goofy just like actor face you know yeah. even like like yeah like Sam Levine Sam Levine
1: yeah, Sam Levine. Yeah, Sam
0: Levine. Yeah, like there was because there's scenes where Sam Levine is just firing down Nazis, looking <laughs> angry, and I think he pulls it off for sure. But at the same time, it is like it's silly that you know he, you know, like it's a, it's Sam Levine. He's like a kid.
1: Yeah, he's like five um, foot two and yeah, thirty years old. Ex- yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. He. Oh, yeah. He's kind of sometimes how I think I'll look. Like I'll just look the same, you know, forever. <laughs> like since you know, eighteen forever. That sort of thing. But I think it's a like, I like the those casting choices because I think um, it works with the tone of the strangeness of this movie. Like this is not like a World War, an actual World War II depiction or reenactment. This is fiction, you know. Yeah. This Mm -hmm. is like this is a different world, you know. Just like using the setting of World War II.
1: Yeah, and I think the fact that it's like uh, a fictionalized um you know version of, of events from uh world war two that Tarantino has a little bit more leeway to do yeah the goofy ass things like uh um yeah include Sam Levine as uh as an yeah. inglorious bastard someone who's just <laughs> killing Nazis. Uh, yeah, yeah it's yeah it's definitely it's a really funny movie uh too. For sure. Overall. Um and, and yeah and this this scene uh, really, it uh, sets up perfectly. Uh, this this goofy clan of uh, of Jewish, soldiers. yeah, uh, yeah, and and really, you have Brad Pitt and Eli Roth who are like the big tough, cool yep. guys, and then yeah, then yep. you have Ryan from the Office and Sam, what... <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: who, who I think I think Ryan, I think Ryan is great in this movie. Actually, yeah,
1: oh, definitely, yeah and and this scene too is uh just as brutal if not more than the than the first scene too uh
0: yeah mm-hmm. they
1: yeah i don't know it's it's also it's still very like comical but also uh and very tarantino but just how violent yeah. um uh yeah the the bastards get but um i think it's i think it's a perfect introduction into um keeping keeping the the sort of atmosphere and the vibe of the of the film going um
0: yeah yeah and i think brad pitt i think uh brad pitt's character and Christoph waltz's characters are both actually you know in ways like similar in that they're very uh they're very just like a their agenda they're very focused on their agenda Mm -hmm. um and they're also even though they they go about negotiating in different ways, but I think they're very straightforward in negotiating. And I think um, being able to see them uh, like an, like uh, initially how they work, like one scene after another, is like ultimately um, significant to like how how the film ends and how in the end it's like them those two making a deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh i think yeah they come together in a great way and uh yeah they, I, they really are i guess the two um the two characters sort of leading this whole uh you know these two different fronts that uh yeah fighting, um with yep. Shoshana in the middle but uh yeah 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 they're and they're both um both, I would say, two of Tarantino's most iconic characters uh, in general, too.
0: Yeah, I actually, so I think this is probably one of the first times watching this movie where I really thought this, but I think Brad Pitt is, is like, great in this movie. Yeah, totally. Um, I, think, I think before, I might have thought that he was just, like, really one note and his performance is very gimmicky. And I, I think it is those things, but at the same time, I don't, I think he's, he is really great, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: I think there's, yeah. like, some, some intentionally gimmicky things about him. Oh, for I, sure. That I feel like work, because it stills, you know, I, the movie still seems yeah. self-aware. Um, yeah. You know, like, when he just goes... Bongiorno, like in his
0: yeah yeah it's very self-aware american. it's like mm-hmm. look how stupid like that sounded you <laughs> yeah know? right yeah yeah it's yeah. like yeah i i yeah i think he's um like he's very dumb american and st- he's he seems high as fuck like all, <laughs> all the time like just his whole demeanor is like like this dude's barely keeping his like face intact you know it's like his like his face is just like he's just like whatever you know about everything Um, but I think he's also like when he's acting he's very steady like in like specifically when he needs to be Um, and just and very uh, very smart as well but also but also um, very dumb and very lucky in a very American way
1: yeah yeah, this this viewing, I really realized how uh, American Brad Pitt's character is. Yeah, just, but but know, in a really interesting American.
0: way, in a really mm-hmm. interesting way. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and I yeah I think his character is just as manipulative and and does all the same has all the same calculated beats that Christoph Waltz does but just in, yeah. a, in a much more uh, americanized way <laughs> yeah exactly. The, exactly the german the german guy is very uh meticulous and and detailed and, and to the point yep. and ar- articulate and that he is just yeah he, he's just the uh, um yeah just the standard stereotypical uh american gung-ho uh, yeah. guy uh yeah. yeah and yeah i think it, it works perfectly for for both both characters yeah
0: yeah, that that contrast of just the ultra smart um and the ultra Amer- dumb American is like yeah, it works fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um so they're they're by this like the bastards got this german officer by like a what is it like a well in the woods?
1: Yeah, it's like some little like cave grove. I don't know what
0: what you would call it. I don't know. Either way, yeah. Either way, well, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt's talking to this guy, this guy's on his knees, he's surrounded by all the bastards, they're all just standing on the hill, the surrounding hills, and laughing at all the things he says, because they're like, we know this guy's fucked, you know, yeah. and, yeah, um... Exactly. And, and then we see like Sam Levine laughing. And he's like, and he's, he's like holding the officers and he, <laughs> like the other officers who are watching that they got hostage. And he's like, you guys must feel so fucked. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, and yes, yeah, so Bert, uh, Brad Pitt's like, uh, okay, give up where, tell me where the Germans are. <laughs> he's like, Just tell me where the Germans are and how do uh, do they have uh what is that? What type of artillery? This is what yeah. he asks. Mm-hmm. He's like, "What type of artillery?" And this guy's like, "You really think I'm going to give up the the Nazis for you? No way." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then he he brings out Eli Roth and Eli Roth just uh beats him to death with a baseball bat, which is also super American.
1: Yes. Yeah, and he even he even does this like uh color commentary as if he's uh i can't remember i think he's i think he's from boston technically he's doing like this Mm. boston accent like he knocks it out of the park yeah he even does that
0: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't catch that but yeah that's pretty that's funny that's funny the bear jew yeah also like the score a lot of the times in this movie specifically in this scene is very morricone but i don't think morricone did the score i'm not sure oh I uh, think Morricone Morricone only did the Hateful Eight.
1: Yeah, which I forget he did the the Hateful Eight. Um
0: But it's like very Morricone um, specifically in this scene. In real Just time. Like the the build up, up to Eli Roth. Yeah,
1: that and that's a that's a great build up too. And part mm-hmm. of the reason I you know I I enjoyed this scene so much um as a high schooler too is Everyone would make uh, references to, like, the Bear Jew. Oh, really? The funniest thing, the coolest thing. Um, (laughs) All right, I got to find out. you know
0: who the Bear Jew is?
1: (laughs) Man, IMDb is kind of confusing with how many...
0: The soundtracks?
1: Yeah. There's not just a... All right, I'm... uh...
0: I'm reverting to Wikipedia here. Oh, I get what you're saying. All right, so it look what it looks like, though, is Inio Morricone... There's a bunch of Ineo Morricone tracks in this soundtrack. so.
1: Oh, yeah, I actually. I bet that is a Morricone song. The one so so there is about. no
0: original score, but I think he used his tracks.
1: Yeah, there's quite Morricone a Morricone...
0: Has made a ton of music that's probably just not, you know, that wasn't used for another movie. So he's like, all right, I'll take yeah. that one or something like that. So, in a way, Morricone scored multiple Tarantino movies.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good catch. Cause, cause, um, of, on the soundtrack here, there's a ton of Morricone. And then, yeah, I forget that there's some like more modern songs.
0: Yeah. Like David Bowie's in, in the soundtrack, like Cat People. Yeah.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. David Bowie is what I'd all say, right, I, yeah.
0: I knew that had to be uh, Morricone.
1: Yeah, nice catch.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's... Oh, uh, so they beat they beat the guy with the baseball bat. Mm-hmm. They're all cheering, and it's really brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, they not hold back with the violence. It really feels like this guy's really getting whacked. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so then they bring the other... A German soldier over Brad Pitt just gives him the same option. Um, and also he brings a translator up, which I think mm-hmm. is a very consistent thing in this movie where, when, um, true, uh, like, I don't know, change is about to happen in the scene or the story or whatever. There's always seems to be a language shift. Um, or, or like either they switch from like French, like they switch from French to English in scene one.
1: In the first scene, yeah. yeah. When
0: specifically when they start to get more comfortable and really get into the meat of things. Scene two, they bring the translator in and there's multiple times where um, these like, these scenes of tension that we that are throughout this film are done with a translator. Yeah. Um, just like, you know, them talk, this three-way talk back and forth. And I think the rhythm of, the, of it actually, like, really works uh, to build tension yeah. in the way that Tarantino's writing it, like, with his very elongated uh, dialogue. Um, and so, yeah, this guy basically gives up uh, the German yeah. uh, base.
1: He obviously didn't want the same fate as... The- no, oh, yeah, Chris he was in... in yeah. In a way,
0: he yeah, he was kind of smart, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and then they engrave the first, uh, he engraves, his Brad Pitt engraves his swastika on the guy's forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see Hitler uh, <laughs> talking to him later in like his lair going like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah. Hitler's, it's a pretty funny portrayal, portrayal of Hitler, Hitler in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep yeah and then he yeah he shows off his scar which um yeah i i think it was actually a really powerful uh moment in the movie and yeah just like a a powerful thing to
0: yeah because there's a lot of these guys um for instance who are they're making these deals with brad pitt and they're like they're like okay um yeah okay i'll do what you want i just want you know i just want you know what's best for me and he he like let's i'll forget about everything i've done and he's just kind of like nope, you're not gonna forget it everyone's gonna know what you know that you were on this side like you're Mm -hmm. not gonna get off that easily you know Mm -hmm. almost like that's a coward's move you own what you did yeah right yeah you're not
1: gonna move to argentina like a bunch of the other yeah nazis who yeah (laughs) got away unscathed yeah and yeah, I guess is that, is that pretty much how the scene ends? Then. Him um. Yeah,
0: I believe. I believe so. Um. Him. And so I think. The next scene, we appear at the cinema.
1: Yes. Then we see Shoshana again, and she's, sort of changed her identity, uh, mm-hmm. to, to hide more, and she's working at the cinema.
0: Um, That's not that not not bad. Um of a uh, transition if you ask me like she seems she like owns the cinema
1: yeah yeah she's like the yeah uh, yeah she owns it runs it uh and everything. yeah yeah and then that's when daniel Bruhl comes in and he's the nazi who's yep uh infatuated with her and they're yep. yeah the whole thing is this is clearly like tarantino obviously loves cinema and movies so he of course <laughs> include yep, yeah cinema His, is huge he, he goes like
0: uh have you seen uh have you seen the kid though, man? Yeah. That's the best ending in the kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: I like obviously with Tarantino, the cinema is going to be this major, yeah, uh, um, major setting for yeah. uh, for this movie. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the Nazis are um, planning this big event where Joseph Goebbels and Hitler are going to be there, and they're going to show this Nazi propaganda film. Yep which they would do uh yeah and it's uh it sets up perfectly which will be you know one of the final scenes um the i guess ultimate climax of the movie but uh yeah and this is where more of that tension um comes in as now we know who Shoshana really is yeah and that she's hiding her identity and um not only is she surrounded by all these nazis but then uh, she finds herself eating with Joseph Goebbels, who is a notorious uh, Nazi, and then Hans Landa, who yeah murdered her whole, whole family. Uh, and yeah, up, yeah, uh, finding finding her too. So
0: yeah, and I, I love the way I love the way he pops in, and um, mm-hmm. it just feels so um, just unexpected, um, mm-hmm. and just kind, of, but like, and it really helps to um i just love the way the characters like in this movie just end up uh you know end up at the same place as another and then so the world feels very connected like that it's a it's a very tarantino thing but Mm -hmm. i think it's done well here no Um, it all ties
1: together really well yeah
0: yeah yeah and and then it's and yeah and we get another we get another tense hans landa scene yeah um but actually we missed the part first before we get into that oh. where um what is his name again uh Daniel Bruhl Oh yeah. Um he's Solar I also... think is his uh character's name. Yeah. Solar Yeah. Zoller. Frederick Solar. Um so like he's he's also uh the movie's being made about all his kills
1: yes that's right yeah yeah he's yeah he is um, in the movie uh yeah about all the he people killed
0: like got. hundreds of italians basically mm-hmm.
1: it's like uh american sniper but it's not it's nazi <laughs> sniper yeah uh, God, nazi sniper that's pretty much the movie they um, are showing
0: yeah. and so he gets Shoshana that meeting um because not only does he love her cinema uh he's in infatu- you know he's he, he's infatuated with her as well um mm-hmm. and so he gets her um the meeting even though like getting her the meeting is basically like the nazis rolling up on her like changing the letters on the front of the cinema and they're like get in and of course she's like all right gotta get in because yeah. otherwise they might kill me yeah, um and it's knows, not
1: yeah.
0: you know and i think um and I, I think uh, Zoller really like, you know, think sees it from his point of view as like a oh look look at this friendly oh, gathering and opportunity I got for, her. and we're at this nice restaurant. But she's like, she's just like, hold, this is the last place like I want to be right now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the, yeah. Just because she obviously she hates Nazis and um, she's not interested in Zoller. Um, yeah, he's and not, he's not good at
1: picking up those signs either. Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: no, not at all, not at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I think he. That uh... yeah, she gets she gets roped into it basically out of fear of you know what they're gonna find out if she doesn't sort of play along and yeah go along with them.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and, finding
1: and... herself in the, the worst possible spot. And plus
0: they, like, took over her country, so she's got, like, that baggage with her, but also, like, well, they rule now, so I've got to do this, you know?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And the fact that it's a Nazi propaganda film is, like, also just, like, um, more unsettling for her that that's what it's going to be.
1: Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, and does this one, she... Does she already plan her whole thing to... Uh, include herself in the ending of the movie or does she so, do-
0: not no, uh, not yet she okay, this is all her she's all uh i think that, that's coming up uh so mm-hmm. that's like she's taken all in all that information then christoph mm-hmm. waltz comes up and said kisses her hand and calls her mademoiselle um and they're like this guy is going to be in charge of security of the event <laughs> of course he's in charge of security yeah. this this fucking guy um <laughs> <laughs> and and um so and then he asks he asks everyone to leave at the table and which i believe that um the guy at the table is either the director or the producer the guy who's initially talking to her um about using yeah. her theater yeah um, that's because... uh,
1: so yeah that's like joseph goebbels who he uh he was like the not he's like a real person like the nazi oh yeah okay yeah propaganda like leader. Okay. Yeah, he was in yeah. charge of all that. Um, shit. Yeah, because
0: uh, later we see him talking, to, you know, like to Hitler in the theater, and Hitler's like, "This is your best work yet," and he yeah. just begins weeping. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, Hans Landa gets everyone away from the table, and what he, he it's the same routine as uh, scene one. Um, he's all pleasant and he's polite and. Uh, really tries to create a good environment Um, and one of the first things he does which is uh, I think is done very uh, brilliantly is he orders her a glass of milk when he gets espresso so immediately you're like okay we know it's her he knows it's her immediately like now what's he gonna do and he's pretty much just like toying with her like the whole time like he I, I think he's like he knows like he this I have no interest in you know like i think i think maybe it's because he sees that this girl has like uh nazi interests now or something like that or she is um he's going to let her hide basically like he sees no value into it to yeah um to uh to uh yeah fuck with her life basically mm. and but he's still because he knows she's a jew and he knows that she escaped his grasp he's kind of like i'm still gonna like fuck with her this whole time you yeah. know
1: it was to know to like torture her mm-hmm. in a way yep,
0: yeah, yeah. while also getting the information he needs um mm-hmm. yeah because then he, he he toys with her you know like eating eating the strudel and then he's like strudel, but then yeah. he actually talks like logistics and he's like oh, you have a, a Negro projectionist? And he's like, that would be a good trade for them, I guess. Like, there's always, like, a subtle, like, racist line that he has. Or mm-hmm. even in the first scene, he has a very direct racist line where he's just like, you know how you see a rat and you just don't like it? <laughs> and he's just basically yeah. like, that's the way I feel <laughs> about <laughs> Jews. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, he does outright say that. Yeah. You
0: know, you like a squirrel, you like you like squirrels, right? <laughs> what about rats? They're the same. That's how I feel. <laughs> it's like, don't you get it?
1: Yeah. It's incredibly, incredibly dark. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, and so, what were we talking about?
1: So, yeah. So then I think, well, once after this, uh, you know, scene with the, sh- the Shrudel scene and everything, uh, I think we're introduced to her, you know, her actual love interest. Uh, it was the black guy who yeah, runs it. And, and yeah. I think they, I think they talk a little bit about, I don't know, like she, she has gained some knowledge and uh it's almost like Intel for her to, to plan, you know, what they're going to end up doing. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. And, and that's when he's, and she's like, all right, we're going to do it. We got to do it. Right. And he's like, yeah, are we really gonna do that (laughs) you know it's like he's got to have i guess some uh uh there's got to be some like pushback Pushback. from him i guess even even though it is so brief and she's like uh and she's like uh we can (laughs) she's (laughs) like we keep this theater you know from not catching fire we can catch set it on fire easily (laughs) which I guess makes sense. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's kind of, they explain how they're going to do it with uh, the film.
0: Yep, and then we get get a, uh, which is a film buff's dream, a great (laughs) 35 millimeter film. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is done by Sam Jackson.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I, we haven't even addressed that. Uh, there's the occasional narration. There's two Sam Jackson voiceovers. Jackson. Yep. The yeah.
0: first one is about that uh, crazy bastard, right?
1: The bear Jew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Or and, is it the uh, other guy? Oh, there's It like... might
0: be the translator.
1: Yeah, because he's the.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's insane in some other way, and he has a weird name. So
1: yeah, it, it's. Uh... Oh, actually, I gotta gotta find his name. He has a great name, uh, but the. Hugo Stiglitz <laughs> Yeah, Hugo Stiglitz. The, the the bastards break him out of uh, prison and everything and sort of mm-hmm. adopt him into their clan. Yeah, and they're like
0: uh, yeah, and there's that scene where Brad Pitt's like Hugo <laughs> Stiglitz, we like your your the way Big you your work. That, yeah, yeah, and they're all kind of like lined up right there. It's 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 a great shot. Um, yeah, that's
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah
0: I always like watching just Brad Pitt leading his crew in general. Mm -hmm. um so yeah so there yeah there's a whole 35 millimeter film uh uh history lesson with sam jackson and how it's flammable um yeah i yeah i mean i'm i'm all for it yeah totally i don't think it comes out of nowhere
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and and it's uh yeah it nicely sets up uh you know what happens later so that you know uh i guess you know how it's gonna happen
0: yeah Um, and i think for like tarantino it's like i don't know maybe i think maybe like in his this fantasy movie he's writing he sees it as like a poetic thing to kill the nazis with 35 millimeter film
1: totally yeah Yeah. that's it Mm -hmm. yeah that's how if if tarantino were to have a room full of nazis that's how he would he would kill them yeah (laughs) Yeah, he's like,
0: "What's the bet? What's the most me way of killing Hitler?" <laughs> he's like, <laughs> "Yeah,
1: yeah, that's good. Good call. That is totally it. Yeah." Um. Well, I think after that is when uh, we're introduced to Michael Fassbender's character.
0: Yep, and uh, he, yeah, a yeah, yeah, he's a priest. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's I, his
0: briefing with Mike Myers.
1: Yeah, I completely forgot that Mike Myers was uh, yeah. in this. Um, yeah, and, I, and it's, uh, it, it's it's random. Kind of, yeah, it it fits though. It at first it was a little weird because I was like wait, that's you know, Mike Myers. Yeah. But uh, it does. I yeah, you know, I feel like it fits perfectly well with the movie because uh, Michael Fassbender is not you know he's not usually a very like, comedic guy. Yeah. Um, in his movies so to have Mike Myers be there to sort of balance the um, just the, the comedic tones in the movie I think that works well but yeah they, they're basically just setting up what uh, I think the next scene is um, yeah so Gassbender is this spy with British intelligence who's going to be posing as a Nazi
0: um, with I think uh, Diane Kruger
1: yeah, and Diane Kruger Bridger, is this.
0: Bridget von Hammersmark, who is the finest German actress yes. who's ever lived.
1: Very famous German actress.
0: Yeah. In this, but uh, don't don't forget that the scene is set up with Brad Pitt kind of looking across the street because he he's going to be working oh, with them yes. in some fashion. I think he's like their backup or something like that. Yeah. Um. But he I, he's he's I love this line. He's just like. You're fighting in a basement, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I he love was that. Criticizing he's
1: like, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, he's
0: like, "You didn't tell me it was a basement." He's like, "You it, said it was a bar, but not in a basement."
1: And he ends up being totally right. Like that, yeah, it was. Uh, if it weren't in a basement, things could have gone uh, differently.
0: Well, yeah, because later we see at the end of the scene, just for um, after everything goes down in this scene. Just for him, Brad, for him to get downstairs is <laughs> like the biggest pain in the ass. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's uh, yeah, and and this, um, so this leads to a scene, yeah, where uh, Michael Fassbender, Diane Kruger, uh, and I, Hugo Stiglitz, goes down there <laughs> too. I I think it might just be them. I can't remember. If there's another bastard in there, but. Uh yeah, it's a very drawn out scene in this tavern. Yep. And, um,
0: and August August Deal is plays um the the uh major, the confrontational major. Oh yep.
1: yep. Strömbahn für Dieter Hellström. You
0: yeah. know, he, he kind of reminds me of that because I've always thought it was him. Um the Bond villain in Casino Royale.
1: Oh yeah, Mads uh Mickelson. Mads, Mads Mickelson.
0: Yeah. yeah. He he I I I mean, I guess I wish it was him in a way, but like he's <laughs> I've always thought it was him. Yeah. But uh, either way, this this guy's really great also. I think mm-hmm. this scene, this scene in general, I don't know. I don't know if it's I don't know if I have a favorite scene, but I don't know if I maybe if I was forced to pick a favorite scene, I might pick this this one. It, it's hard to not pick one with Christoph Waltz in it but mm-hmm. i think this scene's really good like i think oh, Michael yeah. Fass, Fassbender is really great in it um
1: yeah it's so drawn yeah. and and like uh, you know the earlier scenes too it's basically a uh, a a game of um outwitting each other in a way yeah like, yeah michael fassbender exactly. is trying to pull off this um you know, being this Nazi, uh, you know, yeah. with his English accent, and and yeah. it's it's kind of a like a almost a joyous like more uh, relaxing scene up until mm-hmm. the point when the one Nazi officer says like he he mentioned something about how weird michael fassbender's accent is yep, yep yeah it's like yeah.
0: It, you can see that like when the drunk guy appears because he's raving too much about um the actress actress slash spy like mm-hmm. are they're like even like uh, the whole group knows like this guy's just gonna you know we gotta be as low-key as possible right now we gotta do everything we can uh not to give um this situation away and this guy just kind of like brings it all out because he gets he gets Michael Fassbender to just yell at it yell at him because he's like <laughs> freaking out he's like we got to get this fucking guy out of here and then all of a sudden his accents revealed and it begins the whole uh the whole uh, card game that comes out yeah um mm-hmm. yeah and I just I think it's all I think it's all the tension in this scene is um just super well like it's not anything different than like really than another scene other scenes in this movie other than that like it's in a bar and that it's an another exercise intention and i just think uh it's it's just super well done uh and more there's more great uh dialogue as well like just the fact that they even like play a game with like a drunk game with this guy um and you know they're the, like the whole way they're staring each other down and um the, and then there's the big scene where Fassbender goes like three glasses and like, um, the offered the German officer's face, like you, you could tell he just, he notices it right away. He's like, yeah, okay. I got him. You know, he was looking for like a sign the whole time.
1: And it's another um, subtle thing. It's just the hand gesture. Yep.
0: Like, exactly. Which is like, what's in enough. all these scenes. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. And that's when you slowly see, uh, well, actually, things sort of quickly start to build up even more, and you even see behind the bar the bartender is reaching for the gun, and um, and then yeah, it builds up to this point where all right, now everyone knows, everyone knows the deal, everyone knows who yep who is who, and yeah, uh, yeah, and they they've all got a gun pointed to each other, yeah, yeah, like
0: <laughs> yeah, and fast like I've had a gun pointed at your balls this whole time <laughs> and then his like um his partner just like pulls his gun out and yeah, Stiglitz. then yeah yeah <laughs> oh Stiglitz. Yeah. yeah and so then so then Fastbender's like uh, he uh starts smoking a cigarette it is a very like i don't know it's like something that would happen in, like pulp fiction or something he's like i gotta have a drink before the shootout and does it all cool and (laughs) Uh and then yeah just yeah massive then a massacre just (laughs) occurs in the bar yeah
1: it's almost it's almost so much to to take in and uh such a short amount of time too because once um everything settles down uh and it seems like there's just the one guy standing it's like okay is everyone really dead after all? Like it, it's so chaotic <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, and just also wild that uh, you know it's such a such a Tarantino movie that yeah everyone everyone dies like Michael Fassbender, huge big deal actor. Um, seems like he's going to be a major yep. part of this movie. No, he's he's fucking dead. Yeah, it's yeah. his one scene. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And then it it leads to. The one really drunk uh nazi soldier um he's still up and then diane Kruger uh is still she's injured but she's she's around and then it becomes a whole the great altercation between him and uh brad pitt who's shouting yeah. down the stairwell
0: yeah 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 he, he, he's trying to make an, another deal uh is he's trying to be made and he's He's just like, how could I ever trust you in this like mess, you know, of a war we're in where everyone's just killing each other and hates each other and all that shit. And he's like, mm-hmm. what choice do you got? And he's like, screw it. And I don't, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I feel like Brad, the not the bastards would have killed this guy anyways, um, but he doesn't get a. They don't get a chance because Diane Kruger uh, kills him. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why. I forget why. If there if there is an obvious reason why,
1: yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a good point. I actually, I, I know... mean, I
0: think she's just actually just trying. I mean, she's just trying to end the stands the standoff. Really. Yeah, I could see her doing if... it
1: out of fear of what he's trying to do, or even to show, um, to to show uh, you know Brad Pitt that she's like. Yep. Exactly. too.
0: yeah, I I think I guess I just wonder if it has. If it has anything to do with um, the fact the fact that she was obsessed with her fame, or if it was just like, mm. a, or if that was just like an interesting way of um, their their night to go out, you know, if there was any significance in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, they're they're out of the bar, and uh, they don't totally uh, they don't totally trust her yet. Uh, Brad Pitt's mm-hmm. literally sticking his finger in her bullet wound <laughs> and like <laughs> twisting it around and asking him her questions.
1: Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, they think it's a setup. Which uh, yeah, I it's totally plausible because uh, yeah, they the bastards lost lost one of their guys too, and yep. Um, so yeah, then uh, Diane Kruger has to do some convincing that she's yeah she's uh on their side. she's still willing to help them, and
0: yep um, yeah, and she describes her whole like plan of what those um I believe um Michael Fassbender was gonna be one of those guys that were gonna attend the movie premiere with her yeah. um, mm-hmm. then they were gonna you know set off bombs in theater, and so um Brad Pitt eli Roth and I believe one other guy um, decide yeah. to take their place. And she asked, uh, she asked, do you speak any other language? Cause they're fucking Americans. Yeah, No, we don't speak any other language. And um, he's like, I speak Italian a little bit. <laughs> and then <laughs> he's like, I'll be your, I'll be your first, your uh, first guy. Cause I speak the most Italian. And then she, he's like, Eli Roth. He's like, he, uh, he speaks the second most so he can be like the whatever like i don't know the camera guy and then he speaks the third most so he can be his assistant it's just like a hilarious way like this crew gets formed and just obviously a thing that's uh um headed for disaster
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and, and another little touch of showing off how uh how american brad pitt is and his crew <laughs> not knowing any other language as well this whole entire yeah. movie there's like we have a british guy speaking german and then we have french people speaking german german people speaking french yeah and then the americans are uh yeah they they fake fake knowing italian yeah
0: yeah and so then uh, i think the very next scene is the the um the the movie the, uh, the event yeah. the premiere yeah um, and and I think we uh, like we uh, cut to um, Shoshana like getting everything ready and she's like she's got all this red dress on and she's going over the plan of all the you know the reels um, mm-hmm. and how they're gonna how reel four has a, has like their film on it and that's when you know you set the bomb off uh, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and then we see uh we see Brad Pitt, Eli Roth and uh Brad Pitt and Diane Kruger they enter the premiere and they're all wearing like white suits uh and just kind of looking goofy as hell um and <laughs> Christoph Waltz like he picks them out like almost immediately it's pretty it's just like not even yeah it's not even funny like i don't think he interacts with anyone we don't see him interact with anyone then he just immediately comes up to them he's Mm -hmm. like how did you hurt your leg (laughs) and he's like and he's like who the fuck are these guys you know like what is this like are you kidding me like yeah yeah Yeah. he's like the
1: the best detective in the world yeah he's oh yeah he's unreal He's way too Um, smart for all these
0: people yeah oh for sure and when she yeah you went like you were saying when she says uh, mountain climbing he just he laughs like unreason like too much to like where he's <laughs> yeah. like it's obvious and, and i love just how uncomfortable and also like weirded out the whole crew looks at like that because on one level like diane kruger kind of looks like what the hell's wrong with this guy and brad or like she kind of looks more like uh she's like scared actually more like kind of like shoshana in her scenes and then brad pitt looks a little tense but he also kind of looks like what the fuck you know what's (laughs) wrong with this guy goofy guy um yeah exactly um and then uh and then he comes back he finishes talking to them and he asks them all to like recite their italian and it's just so uh, it's just so poor that he gets a kick out of it that he yeah. asks them to like recite it even more. Um, yeah, and going back to it just being like something that I really believe I I believe more than anything in my life <laughs> that <laughs> this is a movie about uh, language and. Um, uh, yeah it's just so much about language not only like tarantino's use of language but just language as a uh use of tension and just connection among uh human beings it's just dripping dripping throughout this movie uh mm-hmm. so yeah i like that about this a lot uh and, and does so what is it what do they say brad pitt says uh he's like Jorno, yeah. and eli roth says Margarita, Chris- yeah, yeah. And Christoph Waltz goes like, "Sing it so we can hear, get, hear it." Yeah, hear it's yeah. like Margariti.
1: I think he goes like, "Sing it" or something. Yeah, and he's like yep, Margariti. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so and then the, yeah, the next guy he just like makes everyone re- repeat their names. And the exactly. next guy does like a decent job. He's like, de, coco. de
0: Yeah, coco. yeah. His yeah. is easily the the least <laughs> bad for yeah.
1: sure. Yeah. Uh yeah, and then Brad Pitt's not even trying to, to Yeah, and
0: there's like points I think I swear where Brad Pitt's just like, yeah. <laughs> you know that is one of
1: still- my one of my favorite uh moments in the movie is just him just fucking with them. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's and when, when he when he does that laugh too, that is like Christoph Waltz is like on another level where he he uh well he asks Diane kruger what she's doing. She's like mountain climbing and he turns around and it's just yeah. completely silent you don't even see his yep. face and then yeah.
0: he lets out that laugh yeah that. and then and he's immediately like yesterday and she's like when it looks fairly uh, new and she's like uh yesterday and she's in like, Paris and she's like where yeah. <laughs> in France <laughs> in Paris yeah and she's like oh fuck uh
1: yeah in, uh, the, in the north or something. yeah yeah
0: he he also has a, a couple other moments where he's really intentionally goofy that I think are funny. I don't know if I can remember them exactly like, Oh, and like in scene one, he's, uh, when he's, uh, at the how at the farm, milk farmhouse, he kind of, he kind of goes like, uh, he kind of goes like, uh, they're, you know, they're all, not just German, but also German soldiers. And he gets like a kick out of <laughs> yeah. that and laughs, laughs a lot to himself, um, <laughs> I think he might have a similar uh, goofy thing in his scene with Shoshana. Um, well,
1: he isn't. He has is another moment um, shortly after this too. So where uh, he, I, I can't remember what what comes first. Then he ends up killing Diane Krueger because um, he, he yep. like, finds out. Yep. Well, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he, he
0: puts yeah. the shoe. He puts the shoe on her foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And then we get a little we get a little Tarantino foot fetish scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh,
1: after after that, he then you know captures. Uh. He takes in Brad Pitt and B.J. Novak. Yeah. Yeah. And the other guys.
0: Yeah. The other guys. He just leaves in the theater. Yeah. Okay. For some reason. And I then, don't know. What he, they don't. They don't uh, ever pursue them yeah like right. he lets them be for some and reason so i, I guess I he's think, very calculated i think
1: that's where you get the next scene then where he's pretty much um like selling his plan to brad pitt and bj novak yep that's yep. that's where you show like like how you said he's very like selfish and and he does this yep for he's, him really. he's
0: very much his own guy yeah he's, he's not like he
1: for like mother germany yeah he's not
0: no i don't i he probably sees a lot of flaws in like in like hitler as a leader so he probably yeah. doesn't have any he's probably not on it he's not on any side yeah he's know? like
1: yeah he's very much like an evil genius he's probably he's too smart for hitler even and yeah uh, yeah and so then he explains his plan his plan to brad pitt and then uh bj novak to, you know um he'll let them go and
0: yeah Um, he he like pours wine he's like if you want to win the war tonight we can and 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 he does just like the whole um it's 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 a once in a once again it's a long uh explanation process he gives but it's also just very concisely told Mm -hmm. on just like the situation at hand um and it, it's definitely interesting to just see Brad Pitt and B.J. Novak take it in there. Like, they're, especially like this is what I'm talking about on uh, Ryan's eyes, like his eye, like, I sp- like, well, his acting, not his eyes. I was about to get mm-hmm. to his eyes, his, specifically acting and just the use of his uh, the way he stares with his eyes. And just like the way he looks at Christoph Waltz with his face is just uh, it's very comedic and just very confused and just, uh, yeah, I just like it. I think he Mm -hmm. does a good job in this movie. Um, so yeah, he basically like, he explains all that he and they about making the deal. And then he points them to the radio guy. Like we can get someone on the radio right now and get this, get this whole thing running. And, um, then we, I think then we, uh, jump back to the theater after that.
1: Mm. hmm yeah. And that's when when Christoph Waltz does his. He's like, he thinks he has him, and he's
0: like, that's a bingo. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the bingo. And he's like, we just say bingo. Yeah. We just say <laughs> bingo. He's, like, <laughs> he's like, bingo. He's like, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So then, he, yeah, he's kind of making fun of the Americans a bit more. Um, yeah. 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 And then we cut to the theater and. Uh, yeah, and, and it's like Shoshana and uh, I, I keep calling him like her love interest, but uh, Shoshana and her boyfriend, yeah, they're like you know prepping everything. Yep. They recorded something, you know, her talking about how she's gonna kill all you Nazis, yeah, um, and they put that into the film reel and then they sort of they lock up the theater. He runs back, backstage to get ready to light the film on yep. fire, um and uh yeah as this as it starts going of course uh zoller daniel
0: brule comes back trying to yeah yeah in the middle of his film he's like i i, I can't watch myself <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah he's like he's like adam driver who like famously says he can't he can never watch yeah anything that he's in yeah you know, same thing with with Zoller here so yeah he, <laughs> he tries to you know entice Shoshana and she's again like no i don't like you get get away from me um, yeah, and then it uh, takes a huge turn where uh, Shoshana ends up um, attempting to kill um, Zoller, and then um, he he ends up not dying, although it looks like he's, he's yep. going to die, and he has just enough time yep. to kill her. Yep, um, which is uh, pretty tragic. I I remember that the first time I saw it, I was actually like kind of like upset that that happened that she. Yeah. Was killed in it because it seemed like she, you know, like in the beginning, she's the one that escapes that, you know, she would again be sort of this hero. But it's Tarantino. um, So so there's violence. I think, though,
0: since they cut right immediately to like her video coming on almost, it's almost right after that, it's almost like her death is pretty triumphant.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because right after that,
0: she kills like Hitler. So it's like. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: and she does. Yeah, she does end up getting. You know, um, she comes out on top. Although she she dies. She's yeah. Yeah. Still, um, in this world, ends the war. Uh, really. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and thus begins uh, her boyfriend flicking flicking the cigarette onto the film yep. and yeah, all hell breaking loose.
0: Yeah, it's a carnage scene. Very similar. I'm just kind of realizing this now not necessarily in the way it's shot but um more so in how it's contained it's a carnage scene very much like carrie how they're yeah, all just trapped yeah. <laughs> they're very much just all trapped in this room and it's just like mayhem
1: mm-hmm. yeah and then uh um to the two bastards who were left behind come back in and uh they start shooting everybody up and uh yeah it's just absolute yeah okay yeah. eli roth
0: shoots hitler like a shit ton like to the yeah. point where his face gets like yeah it yeah. just like, demolishes his face completely
1: yeah and tarantino really like it's it's like, very very comedic how just ridiculous these nazis are then just like murdered uh um, yeah tarantino does like the same thing in Once upon a time in hollywood where he has that uh flashback scene where leonardo dicaprio is in a world war Two movie and he's just using a flamethrower, just torching all these nazis yeah yeah and uh yeah and then with or tarantino really likes to um play up the violence when it's terrible people throughout history because then it's the the manson family people where mm-hmm. they're just getting the living shit beat out of them so yeah it's uh same yeah, thing for here, sure just nazis sure. burning alive and getting um shot a billion times um by the Inglorious bastards yeah
0: and so then it's intercut with christoph waltz hans on the on the radio basically stating his uh his terms um Mm -hmm. for what he's just done for uh as he says uh humanity and all the lives he's just saved and all this Uh stuff like he is he's the way he words it is just hilarious um and asked he asked he asks for like his own home in america and like he wants it to be like i forget what he says exactly but he wants it to be like super nice and shit mm-hmm. um and i think this is where we can ultimately like i like definitely on this watch i was able to predict uh Alright, like he's getting now he's getting too ahead of himself. He's getting too smart. I can like see his demise coming. Mm-hmm. Like I I know like um I know the bastards are not gonna like they're not gonna they're not gonna have this, you know.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. And then I which I think is perfect ending to like bring everything together. Uh yeah too is when yeah they they lead him out to the middle of nowhere and christoph waltz yeah he's he's gotten so ahead of himself
0: thinks yeah he's, he, he, up in he, the he's like all right i surrender and he literally you could see it on his face he doesn't think anything's gonna happen mm-hmm. um he thinks like it, everything's all good but then they legit they put handcuffs on him they kill his um I don't know, one of his men, basically, that he wanted to save. Yeah, he was like save. the
1: driver, yeah. Ah,
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah, someone who he cared about, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and this is the first time where you could see he's, like, he feels that he's not in control of the situation mm-hmm. and, like, where he actually looks surprised by something that happens. And yeah. it's just, and it's because I guess the bastards are just supposed to be that... Um, the unpredictability the the most, the most unpredictable nature and yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: That's where it turns in got. from. Yeah. Like Christoph Waltz thinks he's one with his, like, you know, his wit and uh, intelligence. And then, it, yeah, it just he gets totally played by just the unpredictability yeah. of uh, yeah. and, Brad Pitt and his crew.
0: Yeah. And, and like I said, like, it's like the dumb American like luck the luckiness because like in ways like um brad pitt and bj novak were fucked but like (laughs) the fact that they're now in this situation is just is just hilarious like that they won they won the war after getting captured uh, and that and and then they just don't let this guy get any of it Mm -hmm. as well like um they end it by putting the swastika on his forehead and we see it very viscerally yeah, mm-hmm. um, right on the forehead, and like clearly um, that. I mean, they're, they're just not gonna let um, Hans have any moral victory at all, and like clearly, mm-hmm. he like if he moves to America, it's things are not gonna work out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> with
0: that thing on his forehead, unless he wears a headband all the time or something like that.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, that's, I think it's the perfect ending you know, not yeah. killing him and yep. giving him this, this scar that he has to live yeah. with. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like he, he thought there's no way these dumb Americans are going to be able to, you know, they're going to do whatever I, I say. They're so easy, easy to manipulate and everything. But uh, yeah, then, then he, he, uh, he underestimated uh, the American luck. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. He almost, yeah. He gave it to him.
0: Yeah, um so we yeah we did it. We got through it all. We did um, it.
1: This is a good oh, yeah, recap. O- yeah.
0: For sure. Yeah. So o- overall, yeah, I'm I'm I like totally get why you think this is uh why you think. <laughs> <laughs> Why this is your second favorite uh, Tarantino movie? I don't Mm. know if it's my second favorite because I know Once Upon a Time is my favorite as well, but Mm. because I like Jackie Brown a lot as well, and Mm. um, but Inglorious Bastards is definitely up there for me. Like where when I watch it, I am like utterly appreciating like just uh, him as a filmmaker and writer, writer especially. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like, you know, it's not like hateful a where I feel like it's too long or sometimes becomes too Tarantino or something like it. that. I just, I feel yeah. it's very smart, very calculated and uh, just has fantastic uh, dialogue and writing. Um, so yeah, I, overall, I, I like glorious bastards a lot, even though uh, it's, I think it, I think it can get a little maybe repetitive at times um, Mm -hmm. in just the, in just the fact that it is constant uh, stare downs and interrogation scenes, but they're all really great. So I don't know. What can I say?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is really, it seems a lot smarter than some of uh, Tarantino's other movies, I do think, yeah, he's a really smart guy, smart writer and everything, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I don't dislike any of Tarantino's movies, but I'm not the biggest fan of his just because of certain things that are even repetitive in in this movie. And you know, like I said before, just the elongated dialogue um, that that is very drawn out. But uh, yeah, in Glorious Bastards, it all it works for me pretty well. Yeah, I think, like you said, the repetition is the only thing that comes to mind when I think back on everything we talked about. Is uh yeah a lot of these scenes are very similar in how they're they're set up but uh yeah i uh still yeah before once upon a time in hollywood's definitely my favorite Uh, tarantino and it's the one that that i've revisited the most so yeah
0: i i also think it's probably one of his more uh just most like for like real film people like his most uh regarded like highly maybe like highly regarded or like analyzed or like or prestige Mm -hmm. wise like i feel like this film is analyzed a lot just on a on a filmmaking concept for like you know like and film analysis youtube videos that sort of thing like i just Mm -hmm. i just see it i just see it pop up a lot like specifically like i've seen a lot of uh analysis of the michael fassbender scene Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah and on just like on just uh filmmaking craft and like building tension and that sort of stuff so uh yeah i don't think we're alone in uh uh being guys who are super impressed by this movie i think a lot of i think a lot of people are and i think it's uh definitely one of tarantino's most uh well regarded on just like a filmmaking level rather than um like a pop culture level necessarily or a popularity level.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I'm glad you I'm glad you picked it for our uh our revisit series because Yeah. Yeah. It was uh it was much needed rewatch. Glad I got it. Yeah it it. was it was good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah well that concludes our uh Inglorious Bastards episode. But yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned for more of these in the future on some of our favorites uh, yeah intertwined with um some other regularly scheduled programming too And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly have a good thanksgiving and and wear a mask <laughs>